Hi, this is Ninja from the Goatee, and you're listening to the Music A to Z podcast. Welcome to the Music A to Z podcast. I am Steve Ferguson. I am Douglas Ferguson. Ah, uh, this took a little longer to get out than than I thought, but yeah, uh, I kind of feel per- at least partially responsible for that myself. Well, I mean, like I was volunteering with a festival and I was doing my work experience hours and full time job and and stuff like that. So, I mean, on my, on my half, certainly, you know, there's there's been a lot. Oh, sure, yeah, okay, cool. I'll give you a lot of blame then. And and <laughs> as for you. <laughs> I've been really dragging my feet on listening to First Aid Kit. Oh, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Or the band. The band that we're covering. featuring today. Uh, you know what? You uh, mentioned uh, originally, you know, I was thinking of not mentioning it, but uh, you're right. We just want to give a big shout out to our buddies at Crash Course Podcast for uh, doing our April Fool's episodes. In case you are following along and wonder what the hell happens. <laughs> um, you may have also noticed a link that says Crash Course Say Hi in our show notes of the last episode. That's where you can listen to us host one of their episodes for April Fool's Day. That's correct. We did an episode on um, Beck's Colors. They do uh, an album feature rather than like an artist feature. So we took it was, it was basically us just digging into one album specifically, which is Beck's latest Colors. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and, uh, and that was a lot of fun and it was a lot of coordination. And uh, yeah, I don't know if anybody listens but you know <laughs> there we go we never really know i i feel i feel like they took a lot more a lot not a lot more liberty to have fun on our show than we did on theirs to be honest because we I'm, took it very seriously yeah 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 that's it we were just we we're sitting there we we're just like hmm let's be as serious as possible that's because i mean that's how we roll right <laughs> yeah we're just we are not funny people <laughs> i don't have a sense of humor that i'm aware of uh, <laughs> fair enough let's quickly get into some music news First one, I'll go with the one that was just actually like just happened like today, and basically that um, Spotify took down R. Kelly's discography. Oh, really? Yeah, they're just like, no, we're not. Uh, no, we're not. We're not doing any of this anymore with really? R. Kelly. Really? So that was it for for uh, for R. Kelly. Yeah, R. Kelly. I mean, he's such he's had such an uh, an unusual career filled with. Lots and lots and lots of controversy and stuff. There's some, definitely some controversy. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's a, uh, I know vaguely about what happened with R. Kelly, but I actually don't know if there was, like, convictions or, like, the finer details of Oh, it. yeah, yeah. You see, I like, don't what, what are what are allegations versus what are actual legit convictions? Yeah, and, and to be honest, that is an important distinction. It, it honestly, honestly is. But, you know, the court of public opinion being what it, what, being what it is. You know what, though? And I'm saying, hey, Spotify, you know, better late than never. It's fantastic. So what about Chris Brown? <laughs> uh, mm, just, yeah. Let's, let's kick this guy off. Let's get this guy off. Why do I have to listen you know, to this? You want that controversy? I mean, although, you know, okay, well, it's not that I'm going to say one thing is better than another, but... You know what? Never mind. They're both. They're both. <laughs> they're both terrible people. <laughs> Fair enough. <Okay. laughs> 
Secondly, I found this one to be extremely interesting because they are uh, both very influential figures in the music and the arts community and have taken very, uh, very different stances in a very short amount of time. In part, this is the uh, Kanye West report. You are now watching the throne. Don't let me get in my zone. Don't let me get in my zone. Don't let me get in my zone. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear or read his most recent statement? They decided to... Well, there was... Was it the one about slavery? Yeah. He <laughs> okay. said, He said, and I watched it, he said, you know, that, 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 that um, you know, Africans were in a state of slavery for 400 years, and you got a question at what point, you know, if it was a choice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, looking, looking at it, I kind of see what he's trying to say. Why, did, why they didn't, for example, rise up in rebellion sort yeah. of thing? But at the same time, like, the wording couldn't be worse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, dude, you really gotta, like... I mean, not that Kanye's the kind of person who puts a lot of thought before he says something. Mm-hmm. In fact, he's he's so he's so off the cuff Yeah, that, like, I think he just... He finds himself spiraling out of control half the time whenever he's moving his mouth. I mean, I get it. There, there have been societies that do and have risen up in rebellion. I mean, the, the French love to do it, for example, but every case is different um, because you're dealing with a lot of lot of factors. It's, it's really hard for groups to rise against the people in power because the people are, have taken measures to keep themselves in power. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, just look at... Like, you can say the same thing about the 1% of rich people like and versus like everybody else right now like it's not like we're mentally enslaved it's just that we don't know how and we don't have the means available to us to I I feel like to like take the power away from those who are exploiting the system I just it's not that I feel like oh I'm I am succumbing to capitalism I just I don't know how to just break out of it you know, it's one of the, <laughs> that's, it's, I feel like it's, it's gotta be I mean, similar, except the, this, no, nah, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to compare these things. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, it, it's, that's just it. It's hard because there's so many factors and also make like, things different. We don't really have like, like none of us were there. No. And we don't have a good reference point as to like, uh, yeah, we just we don't have we don't have a really good reference point, basically. Basically, roots, but even that apparently was mostly fabricated. Yeah, so I mean, that's heartbreaking. Roots is fiction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that brings to mind the reverse ends of uh, the opposite end, I should say, of the spectrum, and that is, uh, I post this on our Facebook wall. Did you see? It's making the rounds right now. Childish Gambino, Donald Glover's uh, newest video for This Is America. Yes, yes, um, I did watch that. A complete opposite end in terms of statements. I was expecting just kind of like, you know, just a very visually interesting music video. I wasn't prepared for uh, for how visceral it was, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and disturbing in some in some parts. Uh, I mean, like, like he's got a lot. He's got a lot of things to say. Yeah. Yeah. It can never be said that he doesn't have things on his mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Donald Glover is at the top of his game right now, I mm-hmm. think. I think, uh, like... As an actor and as as a musician, so um, and you know, I actually don't listen to much childish Gambino, but I kind of start. I'm starting to feel like I'm missing out on something. So 
Uh, he, he, I know he experiments with a, uh, with a lot, I, and I likewise, I haven't listened to that much of it, but I'm comparing this to a song that was on the Vinyl Me Please playlist. They do like a, a music discovery playlist uh, every week. Uh, and it, uh, a few months back, they had a song by his that was very classic R&B that I thought was really good. I, you could probably spend an entire podcast uh, dissecting and talking about his music video. So I had put it up on the Facebook page yesterday or the day before. Take a look at it and, you know, kind of judge it for yourself and and see what he's saying and remember where, where he's coming from. And uh, very gripping stuff. But apart from that, should we get into our, uh, our episode? Yeah, let's do that. Cool. So who are we covering this week, Doug? Well, Stephen, on this episode of the Music HZ podcast, we are covering First Aid Kit. introduced to me by by my wife jessica in recent years she has become very fascinated with modern folk and uh modern folk rock and stuff like that yeah i think some of it stemmed from she used to have a cbc radio 3's app that she used to listen to at mm-hmm. work uh and there was a resurgence at that time of a lot of canadian folk acts that were starting up you know some were influenced by alternative rock some were influenced by you know just sort of senior songwriter sort of stuff but it, 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 there was there was a definite resurgence of it uh, at that point, and we still have quite a few Canadian bands who who go that direction. Obviously, First Aid Kit were not there because they're from Stockholm, Sweden. Uh, so I'm not sure how how about this came within her within her within her sphere. But uh, but she she was quite keen on them, and we picked up the uh, the album Stay Gold. We uh, we picked up the album Stay Gold. So I guess yeah, it was relatively new when we picked it up. So she's been into them for. A few uh, years. Quite a few years now at this point. Uh, yeah. uh, she's gone to see them in concert, which was just... I feel like it was just late last year, but they're coming actually back to town in October. And they're they're doing oh, a bigger it, venue. It, it wasn't that long ago that they mm-hmm. were here, I'm pretty sure. No, but they're playing the Queenie in October. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Because they were at the Vogue before, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Because uh, I just remember it was... I had a friend of mine who went to them, and it was like the day after I went to a concert at the Vogue. So I was like, oh, we match. <laughs> um, <laughs> can't remember what concert it was i saw this is something that i want to touch touch on really quick in that let, let's be honest here uh, this sort of folk uh folk and, and country music is uh is really kind of under the americana banner um this was this not to say that it's it was only developed in america but it that's really where it was the most popular especially in the uh the 60s bob dylan early bob dylan was was very much this but not not just this and so when we were growing up, for example, that like if you recall, that's really what folk music was. It was kind of like our grandparents' music, you know. 
It, it certainly wasn't like what you know in the late yeah. 80s, early nineties. It really wasn't. It didn't pop, s- pop music. It didn't seem like something that our parents were listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, and and conversely, really our generation, not until relatively recently. Although I'm not even really sure about what if Grandma listened to that kind of stuff. She was she more. Was, into, she was Gordon Life into Gordon Lightfoot, and oh, he certainly dabbled into into quite a bit. Of okay. This. I, I, I just, when I think of Grandma's Taste of Music, I think of uh, the soundtrack to Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat <laughs> and uh, ABBA. Sure. And maybe Yanni. Maybe, yeah. I think she liked Yanni. <laughs> but lately, lately, part of this trend I've noticed is that it almost seems like a lot of the most popular acts who are doing this, this folk rock new country, tend to be European these days. Have you noticed? I guess you know one of the one of the biggest acts is uh, yeah Mumford and Sons. They're huge. They're a huge act. Are they European? They're British. Oh, yeah. I just imagine them as as American. Yeah, that's just it. And <laughs> okay. you, you can't tell listening to them. You know how Robbie Williams when he sings, yeah, that guy's British, right? Mm-hmm. Or uh, I was listening to the Block Party again recently. Oh yeah, and big like, time. Like that guy. Yeah, he he sounds British like a hundred percent. Yeah, but no, Mumford and Sons are Brits. Uh, and I was also looking at uh, of Monsters and Men, who they haven't done anything lately. But when they had their 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 breakout album, uh, it was really big. I think it took them by surprise as well, to be honest. Looking at uh, their live performances, um, and they're Icelandic. And like I said, these guys these guys are Swedish. They're it's it's just it's interesting that this this Amer- very American steeped folk music, you know, with with steel guitars, the, the gentle percussion and stuff, has obviously gained a lot of traction in in Europe. In a big way, and I, I just find that fascinating. It's it's just an it's an interesting trend, and Lord knows we got tons of it in Canada. But I think that's actually, to be honest, to be expected that that we would get a lot of American influenced music in Canada. But uh, but then Sweden, oh, that's interesting, right? Mm-hmm. And they're sisters too, right? They are sisters. So uh, do you remember actually, Doug? I sent you a link via via Facebook. Do you remember it was a oh, music video? Yeah, I didn't watch it. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay so uh, i was uh you know it's uh when i'm here i'm working on video projects so mm -hmm. like i what i've been doing to to keep to do research for the podcast is i use my spotify on my phone Mm -hmm. and i i literally go for a walk around central park because i i live right by central park yeah and i just as i walk around the park it's about an album's length worth of time so it's, it's me trying to get my exercise as well as and my research done at the same time. Damn, son. Hmm. It, it it worked out well for the for first aid kit, but yeah, unfortunately, the uh, by the time I got home, I forgot to click on the, <laughs> the link he sent me. All right, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's by a band called Lolita Pop. Uh, the one of the guitarists. This is the thing. They actually have several guitarists. One of the guitarists is their father. Uh, Lolita Pop. When I was looking into it, the video I sent you is called "Mind Your Eye," kind of ESL lyrics. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, uh, very much kind of like Blondie, but late '80s, right? So, one of those Blondie-influenced brands, you know. So where you got you got the one front woman, and then you got like a bunch of guys backing her up. It's really just kind of like uh, late '80s sort of pop rock, you know. It's yeah. You know, it, it's it's nice enough to listen to. Uh, not necessarily something I would I'd really write home about. They had a good energy. They they clearly have have some good you know mastery of their of their instruments. But they clearly the they have uh, that means there's music in the blood. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Lolita Pop weren't around that long, all things considered. It seems that basically mid to late '80s, and that was about it. Uh, and then their father went to got a day job. I think he was like a university professor or something. Yeah, yeah. He was he became like a teacher of history and religion or whatever. And their mother's a teacher, so um, I guess if you can't play in a band, you go to teach. 
Those who can't bend. Teach. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, the two girls, sorry, their names are Johanna and Clara Soderberg. Uh, my apologies if I'm, I'm mispronouncing that. I, I mean, you know, it, it looks reasonably straightforward, but... Yeah, like yeah, I said... Yeah, but, but here on the Music A to Z podcast, we are known for butchering names of, uh, of, any, of any kind, really. We don't, we don't, we're not prejudiced in any way, and ha- we just butcher names universally. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Um, they were born in 1990 and 1993, which means that the, the younger one is our brother Daniel's age, which then makes their, their release, the release is all the way back to like 20, uh, 2010, you know, all that, the more impressive. They were basically just teenagers when they were recording. They did apparently start at a really young age, you know, writing lyrics and, and singing and uh, even doing a bit of busking. Apparently, just because they really wanted people to hear them sing. Yeah, it, but it didn't take long before, you know, some of their stuff was 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 being picked up in Sweden. And then, all things considered, it was a bit of a whirlwind before they started to get an international release. And I actually, and all things considered, it has been, you know, relatively short amount of time. Like, they, like mm-hmm. I guess, really, um, this is the style of music that, that they're the most interested in, in this, in this folk rock, and uh, where the voices really carry the melody. And... They they came in at basically the right time, like this is this the, the audience was right for this kind of thing, so it's really not so much of a of a surprise to me that they came in and became as popular as they as they did, yeah. So should we talk about I guess their their first album, 2010's <clears throat> The Big Black and the Blue, The Big Black and the Blue, sure. It's a kind of album that you listen to. Well, that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't sound like something that like I would get like particularly excited about but it is pretty nice the whole way through there's definitely nothing off-putting but i after listening to it i didn't feel particularly compelled to check back in so it's like i listened to it, i'm like okay yeah well i guess that was a, an album i listened to <laughs> and, <laughs> but it's got some it's definitely got some nice moments a, a window opens stood out as a good track um definitely one of the stronger ones it's just got a nice um kind of a bit of a darker atmosphere that I think worked well for me. And this album does establish and show off their vocal talents. So it's it if if mission was for people to get people to hear them sing, mm-hmm. uh, I think mission accomplished because it's I think the the vocals take very much take front and center in this album, especially. But honestly, like there weren't very many tracks that I like found overly memorable or like exciting. But it was nice. First off, I gotta give them major props because, like I said, they were they were teenagers when they were developing this. Um, and when I say develop, I mean wrote, performed, and produced. Do they self produce it? They self produced it. Oh, okay. Well, along with does. with one of their siblings, this guy called Bengt. Uh, at least I believe he's a sibling. I'm. Either everyone has the same last name. <laughs> I mean, <you> know. <laughs> First off, I gotta give major props to that because I, I, I that is very impressive. Like yeah. I, I can't do that right now. It's like kudos, so. <laughs> De- definitely kudos to that. Yeah, I guess that's another thing with kind of growing up in a more musical family is that you do get kind of maybe some tips and tricks along the way as you grow up. Sure, it's interesting because like I said, my first uh, my first album that I heard by them and first exposure was Stay Gold, and I'll get more into that with Stay Gold. <clears> but <throat> it is then interesting to go back. Only, I mean, only four years, but I mean, the four, that's, a, that's a huge four years for them because this is really just kind of like a couple girls and a guitar sort of album. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's not the case with every song, but the general impression that you get is that this is like a, a nice little sort of 
sort of, hey, my friend recorded this, you know, in his garage, listen to it, it's really good, sort of stuff. That's that's, that's kind of the, the impression I get from it, because well, it's a girls and a guitar, really. I'd say it's, it sounds better than that, generally. Like, it, Yeah, oh yeah, no, I, I, I don't mean in terms of, like, production value as much as I mean, as in, like, something that's, is, uh, it's simple, it's stripped down. Yeah. It's, uh, like, it doesn't require a big band to do. Exactly, right? There's, there's not, a, there's mixing done, but I mean, like, it's not like, oh, okay, now I gotta bring in the bass here, and I gotta apply a sine wave, and I gotta do this, and I gotta do that. You know, it's, it's a great, inauspicious, uh, starts, starts their career, and, uh, and a good launching point, because, because you get a sense of the identity immediately and that's the the main driving voice behind their their music are their voices and the fact they can harmonize so damn well with each other i can't distinguish which one is which you know you know i guess oh, yeah, yeah. every now and then i'm sort of like oh yeah this 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 singer this sister singing and this one's this sister singing mm-hmm. not that i know which one is which um but yeah for the most part they blend in together really well yeah I guess you know on the on the other end of the spectrum. Um, when I think of like different vocalists um, who complement but are but have very distinct identities, you could say Goo Goo Dolls, or you could say Yaser, even you know where the vocalists have you know they're very very you know, such a strong stamp. Whereas these two, um, if you had said there was only one vocalist, I could I would believe it. You know what I mean? But it kind of also makes me think of uh, but very much just on that on that specific note mm-hmm. is. They're like the two singers of ABBA. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's like Agatha and mm. uh, I don't remember. It's A. So yeah, A. Yeah, just that that I, I couldn't tell you which one's which when when singing. I, I mean, I'm sure if I actually stopped and like really listened, I could differentiate between the two. The redhead one, Agatha. She's the one who went into opera afterwards, and she's the one who tends to take on the fuller lawn. The winner takes it all. Yeah, that's that's more of her. Whereas the sort of the cheekier one, it tends. I don't remember the other one's name. Oh, I forgot to even mention that in music news. Freaking ABBA released like uh, like a first first song after thirty five years. Oh yeah. How did I not mention that? Yeah, good point. Actually, yeah. If they come yeah. on tour, I gotta go see them. I mean, hey, if you want to put it in now, we can. I'm you know I'm actually I'm actually yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. There I'm actually go. a little afraid to go see them on tour to be honest because like I'm scared as to how much tickets cost. Oh, I don't even want to know. Because yeah, yeah. uh, again, I got for Fleetwood Mac. Uh, nosebleeds, two tickets, two hundred sixty bucks. Uh, because Ticketmaster, like, like those, those were tickets that were ninety nine dollars. Mm-hmm. But Ticketmaster's like, aha! Yeah. <laughs> I thought they were gonna stop doing that. Of- well, there's, there's, you know what? It was there was maybe less fees. It's all it was was the service fee. Ugh. Using the site is a certain whatever. Anyway, <laughs> okay. I, I, oh my god, I I can go on and on about. But anyway, yeah. So, uh, but like, I feel like a reunion for uh, Abba is a bigger deal than Fleetwood Mac. Not to say that like like Fleetwood Mac is a big deal. Yeah, sure. But sure. they've but they've been around more lately. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like the first time in thirty five years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on uh, Big Black and Blue? You know, actually, the context helps a little bit. The fact that they it's self produced and. They were basically a couple of kids that, you know, it helps me kind of appreciate it more. But at the same time, my opinion still kind of stands. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's fair. Uh, so, I mean, they, they kept they kept going, though, because, I mean, like I said, it sold very well. It got very good good reviews on the whole. Uh, mm-hmm. You check out the Metacritic. And, uh, you know, actually, to be honest, most of the critics kind of gave that that same sort of opinion that, you know, it was, it was really nice, you know. But we jump forward to 2012's The Lion's Roar. The first thing I noticed about this was there was 
they apparently put more effort into making the sound more full, more instrumentation. You know, they, they started introducing more percussion. They started to introduce uh, more guitar sounds and more, more bass sounds and stuff like that. Still, they are the forefront in terms of their sound. But um, this this really seems to be it's like hey you know what let's uh, let's make a real go out of it you know we were it was so well, the first one was so well received let's let's really develop and go things further. There's the second track Emmy Lou. It is a tribute to a country singer named Emmy Lou Harris, and they actually performed the song for her at the Polar Music Prize, not the Polaris Music Prize, but there was a performance. So the Polaris is the Canadian one, right? Polaris is Canadian, yeah. Yeah. The Polar Music Prize, they performed it for her with her in the audience. Uh, and it's a very gripping video because first, at first, Emmy Lou is is so uh, is so thrilled, just you know. Just to, just to be there and, and just to listen to them, but then by the time the song is is uh, is ending, this this woman is in absolute tears. And she's so moved by it, and that that was that was really kind of cool to see because by the, that point, Emily Harris is is getting quite old, and yeah, I I think I think, yeah, I think yeah. you know yeah certain she probably appreciates the fact that like her music obviously meant so much to them yeah like, yeah and is and it's sort of like in a sense being passed down to the next generation yeah 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 definitely i did like this one a lot more it's it is a logical continuation of the last one it, there's there's nothing earth shattering or ground groundbreaking here but it was it was nice to hear more instrumentation brought in it was nice to hear them kind of experiment a, a little more and uh you know go out and, and try try new things and, and keep developing and keep working on it Instantly, you can hear improvements in both songwriting and in, especially, actually, production. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of where, I think that's the strength of this album, is the production. Is it also self-produced, or did they bring it This one is not. This one was produced by Mike Mogus. I don't actually really recognize any, okay, no, he produced, he's produced The Faint. Um, But a lot of these other bands I don't really recognize, although apparently it was a big deal, because he... He worked with Bright Eyes, and they were big Bright Eyes fans. Okay, the Faint, hey? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can't think of a a, a band that's more different than First Aid <laughs> Kit, but that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he was worth every penny because uh, I, I, that's like this is a well produced album. The reverb on the vocals um, gives it the it gives it that like live music sound as if they're on stage like right in front of you. Like that's like my 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 secret. That's my weakness. <laughs> my kryptonite is I really love studio music that's made to sound live. Mm. Uh, like just just something very real about it. It's uh and it winds up being a pretty consistent album, but still, but I'm still not like man. I've got to hear more first aid kit. <laughs> so, I I mean it, it's I feel like it's consistently better than the last album. But still, like only consistently pretty good, and I, I and it's, there's not really super like it's not that much to get excited about. But I do feel like it's such it is a step definitely in like the right direction. And but yeah, I mean yeah, if, if I were to, to listen to the first two albums, I would probably kind of feel like all right, I know what to expect from First Aid Kit. So yeah. yeah, I forgot to mention how they got their uh, how they got their name. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I even meant to ask that just as we started, but then I forgot to ask. Yeah, they flipped open a dictionary. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm afraid it, that's basically that's basically there's no like like interesting story or, or 
you know, first aid kit saved their life or anything like that. That just it's, up so it's basically a similar story to the Eiffel sixty five. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> like random word generator, <laughs> uh, but better, uh, but better. I think, um, yeah, because I mean, Eiffel sixty five. They were just like, we're using a computer, and it's just like, oh, okay, we're whatever. using a computer <laughs> to name a <our> band. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't they come up with that song? I'd listen to that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, at least I would in 1999. Uh, yeah, you'd listen to it at least once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's no, fair enough. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I, that's true, yeah. I wouldn't listen. That one's not for the repeat. <laughs> it's just, that's definitely the, the like, oh. P-L-A-Y-S-T-A-T-I-O-N. <laughs> uh, that's for, different kind of Europop. For our... <laughs> For our full opinions on Eiffel 65, <laughs> please listen to our first run through the alphabet. E is for Eiffel 65. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And we were way more gracious than we thought we would be. I think we were very fair. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, they stayed with uh, with Mike Mogus. Mogus? Mogus? Sorry, Mike. Can I see? Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> yeah, it could go either way. Yeah. Good job, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Well, they stayed with him for their 2014 follow-up, uh, Stay Gold. And mm-hmm. like I said... Now, reapproaching this album after listening to the previous two, I'm more impressed with it. Um, because originally, I, I, I kind of thought, like, oh, this is kind of nice stuff. You know, it's got a good energy. But listening to how much better that this, this album is, and I don't want to say better as in, like, you know, the instruments are being played better, but as in, like, there's way more instrumentation and... It's it's the energy. When I when I think of this album, my takeaway from it is that it's probably their most energetic album. It's got a really good kilt. Whereas like the past ones were just kind of like a nice little singer song or a folk thing. This one, you there are several songs on here that you could you you can like immediately Americana. You can uh, picture somebody. It's a, it's in a soundtrack and and there's guys riding horses or whatever uh, because it's it's got that really that really uh, fast paced tempo now there are some choices in here where they, they they experiment with that you know that that typical country noise that sort of steel guitar thing i've never been a fan of that of that sound the country music is is resplendent with it with that so there are some sounds that they tinker with that i'm i'm not a big fan with but then they also tinker with some sounds like um like that deep guitar sort of thing which i do think is 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 lots of fun Lyrically, it's it's still some really really good stuff, especially when you start to get at the end with "Heaven Knows" and "A Long Time Ago." I mean, that's some that's some pretty heartfelt stuff. There's a lot of feelings of longing and regrets, like in a big bad way. Uh, in this one, it's like Jesus, girls, you're only like you know in your early twenties. What? <laughs> <laughs> Who hurt you? Yeah, well, basically, right. Um, uh, overall, although I do have some mixed feelings, overall, I have a, a better impression of this album. I, I get where this what this album is. More so now that listening to their back discography, I also want to say that I I occasionally hear Eastern influences in it as well. Oh yeah. Um. I mean, maybe it's particularly in my Silver Lining. There's this. There's a sort of like. I mean, it sounds. It's like it sounds like a violin, but just something about the way that it's it sounds and the way it's played. It it, it kind of gives me a sort a mild like Middle Eastern sound. Like it's pretty downplayed, but. But that just makes me think of it. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I, I have to say that my time listening to the Stay Gold this time around was more positive than the first couple times. Because I was listening to it in chronological order. And so you do kind of see First Aid Kit like one-upping themselves with each album so far. But it, I gotta tell you that this uh, this album 
I, I think it's, I don't have a better track to start it off with, mm. but I almost feel like my silver lining is too good. <laughs> sure, sure. You know, like, kind of, it's just like, man, like, you, you guys really kind of set, set yourselves up for failure there. <laughs> just because my silver lining is just such a strong start. Yes. Um, yes. And so, like, I, I remember when I, when you first let me this album, I really kind of didn't want to, like, listen much past it like I, I i i gave the whole album a listen but i just felt like nothing kind of gripped me the way that that song did and so i, I just wound up like kind of just keeping the song <laughs> um but yeah this time there were a few more uh tracks which i forgot to take note of so that's my bad if i can't i can't tell you specifically but kind of spaced throughout the album there's a few tracks that i feel also hold up pretty well mm-hmm. and so i'd say generally speaking it's not as consistent as the last couple albums but that's because the high points are higher. Um, and so the, yeah, there's a few middle ground parts where I'm just like, eh, eh. but yeah, the, the high points are definitely pretty high, but it definitely like my silver lining is like a, a killer opening track for sure. Mm-hmm. I will say though, that like you, you are a hundred percent correct when you say that there's, there's middling eh, sort of tracks. They have been very careful to not have any, abysmally boring no there's tracks. there's nothing and there, yeah there, again there's nothing that i'm like Ugh. <laughs> and, and it's so easy to fall into with with uh with folk music i mean <sighs> again that's kind of showing my musical preferences but i have heard folk tracks that are just like so amazingly down tempo and slow and and dull uh i think we even ran into a bit of that with great speckled birds you know that that there was a couple tracks that were just like um, oh, that were like I keep forgetting about Great Speckled Bird. Uh, yeah. uh, well, Great Speckled Bird, remember that one album? It had basically the same sort of thing where the first track really kicked off the album and uh, just the way that the tempo built and stuff and was arguably, you know, the best track on the album. And then the rest of the, the rest of the album had a hard time living up to that sort of thing. It's, you know, and it's not an uncommon occurrence, actually. I've, I found that with a few... There's been uh, multiple bands and albums that we've covered where... Chairlift most recently. Yeah, Sidewalk right, Safari yeah. was uh, was get, like, damn, one of the best like, songs oh, on the you album. You guys like killed it with that first track, and yeah, I mean, I gotta like focus. <laughs> I gotta focus on making sure that I actually listen to the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not uncommon. It's at the same time, like like I said, as I was listening to the album this time around, I was trying to see if I had a better option to start the album off with, mm. uh, and I didn't really have one. I, so the problem is that it's a good it's a good opener too. So I don't have a I don't have a solution for you, girls. Sorry. <laughs> um. uh, so moving on, they actually took a longer time to come up with this next album. Uh, it's it's the most recent one. Uh, yeah, just this out, year. Just yeah, uh, a few months. Well, it's May now, so the back in January. And it's Ruins. And this time it was produced by Tucker Tucker Martin. And you know it sounds like it's produced by someone different. It does. I don't. He he's he's had a solo artist. He's worked with a few bands. But, you know, even still, okay, so he has worked with My Morning Jacket. He's worked with Nick Case. That makes a lot of sense. Modest Mouse, that's interesting. Sufjan Stevens, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Iron and Wine, yeah. Spoon. Camera Obscura. Hmm. Edward Sharp and Magnetic Zeros. We were just talking about them. Oh, yeah, okay. So, yeah, not a bad resume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She and him. Yeah, so, I mean, he's... He, he has uh, probably the most varied and interesting discography. Well, I mean, I, honestly, I'm only comparing it to Mike Mike Mogus. No offense meant, meant towards Mike. What did you think of Runes? 
You know, this is where I kind of felt like they really started to find their footing. Like, and I was starting to like really feel interested. The first four or five tracks I felt were all really solid. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was, yeah, then I started to, it started to drift and then it hit distant star and I was like, ugh. <laughs> and it was my first ugh, moment of the band mm. that, you know, they've, they've always like had like country influences yeah. in their, in their music. And this one was a full out country song and I hated it. And I, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, you went full country. <laughs> Never oh. go full country. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> How could you? <laughs> I, I was, I was instantly off put. And then after that, it felt like the, the album never really got its momentum back. Mm. Except I think I think maybe the last couple tracks were pretty pretty good. But it had a really strong start, and I got really optimistic. Um, so this is their least consistent album, I would say. Definitely like a more polarizing views uh, in the album. But uh, yeah, there's a there's a few really good tracks. Definitely at the beginning that is that do make it worthwhile. And also like again later on in the album. Apart from the uh, the aforementioned distant star, like the rest of it's not bad. <laughs> so you know, I kind of wonder too if they knew the album's strengths because the three singles on the album are tracks two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly enough, I I don't know uh, the track for fireworks. The music video for it is uh, like late eighties high school video, which which is strange because it does not match the tone of the. The song? I wouldn't guess that, no. No, no. Uh, the Ron era ent- entirely. But I thought it was interesting nonetheless. And in fact, I, I don't know. It might be just me, but uh, one of the girls, I- I'm sorry, I'm not sure which, she's she's dressed a lot like, you've seen Stranger Things, I, I assume, yeah? Yes. Um, she's dressed a lot like, um, oh God, what's her name? The girl who was killed, the friend uh, who was taking his upside down at the pool. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, shoot. I keep thinking of any dab, but it wasn't dab, it was... Gail? No. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. She's dressed almost exactly like that, and I don't know if it's just me reading into it as a point of reference, or they just found like this, co- this you know, late '80s, you know, uh, high school high school costume. It just matched. But it, I, and then at the end, there's there's a whole homecoming queen thing, and I thought, oh, I I, I was like, is this gonna be like Carrie all of a sudden? But it wasn't. Um, but uh, <laughs> dodge that bullet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that, mind you, that wouldn't have. A, match the tone of the song either <laughs> that was interesting but i i mean like i can't help but wonder if they also acknowledge that the 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 first half is better than the second half i wonder or if it's just a coincidence but i will mention that looking at the cover as opposed to you know just the the, the past ones which have been just kind of uniquely them mm-hmm. does this not look like between the font and the start photography does this not look like right out of the the you know the folk like, scene of the sixties yeah, and seventies, yeah. and also uh, to complement that, did you notice that "It's a Shame" sounds straight up like a Joni Mitchell track? Now that you mention it, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so I feel like they—that seems to be where they're digging their inspiration from, right there. Because uh, yeah, the font, especially, uh, like, if it weren't for the font, you could say that's a Bell and Sebastian cover. But sure. <laughs> but then the font, you throw that in, it's, oh yeah, it does have that 60s vibe to it. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Like, it's almost like you're going through, you know, um, you know the, the used vinyl 
have like value village or whatever like this is the sort of thing that you would see you know like a barbara streisand you know <laughs> album sort of thing yeah not reflecting the music just 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 what the art direction was at the time you know yeah, yeah no i mean I'll, I'll agree with you it's it's it is more of an ups and down uh down album but i mean like i can see like a lot of work was put into it uh like a lot and and the fact that they've come this far in in eight years uh, with very consistent releases. I mean, like, I think I think this is this is basically what they're going to be doing. And on top of that, I, <laughs> an interesting side effect is mm-hmm. that video I sent you with uh, the Lolita Pop video with their father. Go down to the comment section, and it's all about first aid kits. Like they're getting hits because people are looking into you know oh, their, their wow, father's okay, career. Yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, no, hey, hey the guitarist is first aid kits to the father and stuff, which is like every comment says that. Uh, but, yeah it's like can you look at the comments before you comment yeah basically <laughs> that's 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 to be honest is an interesting side effect that i never like never never considered before that you know if you you had a music career and then your kids have a music career that your kids music career might actually be bolstering i mean i guess that makes sense like billy yeah. ray cyrus like yeah he's piggybacked so much i mean he's the he's the extreme example but he's piggybacked so much off of miley's career i thought more of uh congos because you said mm. their their dad had john a, john congos yeah yeah had a had a career before them i think ultimately with first aid kit is is that they're uh they're a band that i have trouble getting really passionate about i i know no like i would never hold anyone back from like enjoying them and 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 if it's someone was a fan i'd be like oh yeah totally um but I, I think generally it's just not music that I like. I find myself getting overly excited about. But I am glad that I listened to their discography to find some of the gems that are definitely in there. Um, but it's I can sort of I definitely see why people respect them a lot, and I definitely I respect them. But yeah, I'm not like I can't say I'm going to be a super fan or anything. No, no, um, and and it, yeah, no, I, I'm going to agree as well. Again, this isn't just a type of music that I. I generally gravitate towards not really but you know absolutely i mean the gem tracks are gems you know mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and and again they have very envious voices uh, oh yeah legitimately. and again you know again i like i said like when the when produced well like it really brings out the strength of their vocals um and yeah i feel like that that they've that the producers have known that strength and have capitalized on it for sure seem like nice girls yeah <laughs> Okay, so we do some track recommendations. Hey, sure. Sure. Well, I, I mean, I don't know if, if you were going to go for it or not, but uh, uh, my, guess. my silver lining. <laughs> I feel like if you gotta if you got to listen to one track by First Aid Kid, you got to listen to My Silver Lining because it's, it's really, it's, it's very beautiful. Like, uh, they do a lot of great things with their voices. They hit those really nice notes. Uh, there is that kind of, like, I, I, I hear it as slightly Eastern influenced, but, like, there's a really cool violin sound that I think really helps carry the song. Just gotta keep on keeping on. And yeah, and very quotable. <laughs> so um, yeah, very strong track, very very solid. And I, I I would listen to that one like over and over again. From Ruins, I'm going to pick It's a Shame because I, I think it just it just kind of reminded me that I actually really like Joni Mitchell's voice <laughs> and, and the way that she and the way that she writes songs and sings it, it, it because it. Uh, the fact that they were able to capture that is a, kind of remarkable in and of itself because Joni Mitchell is such a unique talent. Um, so the fact that, yeah, that, that they did that is, is pretty impressive. Um, you know, very, very nice songwriting and uh, very gentle and down to earth and great emphasis on uh, 
on the voice, but in a different way than a lot of their other tracks. Because there's, you know, there's that reverb that's present in a lot of their stuff, and it's not present there. It's just it's much more stripped down, and I think that the song benefits because of it. So um, I'm gonna stick with those two. Yeah, the, you should definitely give those a give those a spin. Off of the lion's roar, I felt the standout track was blue. Uh, it brings in. A, uh, it was the first time I was just like, you know, they've, they've come a long way uh, from. You know, even still, there's there is definitely more more layering to the instrumentation, and it, it's um it has a really really pleasing sound to it. And I think from uh, from Stay Gold, I'm gonna do Cedar Lane. Cedar Lane is also a really really good song when it comes to when it comes to layering, but it also has it has more of that that energy that I was talking about that made Stay Gold such a standout album from the previous two. You know, the My Silver Lining starts the energy off, and I felt the Cedar Lane was one of the tracks that keeps the energy going, that, that, and it uh, really emphasizes a lot of the guitar work as well as their voices, and it finds like a really good balance between the two of them. Yeah, I think that's, that's what I will, I will go for. Yes. Cool. Okay. Uh, we are going to see you washed out on Sunday. We are. Yeah. I got to get some cash out, so because if, if he's selling his, uh, his latest album... On vinyl, I think I may want to pick that up. Yeah, yeah, and maybe I can get my hands on digital download because I bought it through Vinyl Me Please, and there was no digital download. Um, and I clarified with them, and they said, "Yeah, this one didn't come with one." Wah, wah. Yeah, which is a shame because it's a great album. Um, yeah, totally. They moved uh, venues from Commodore Ballroom to to the Imperial, and on the one hand, I was like, "That's too bad" because I like the Commodore. But on the other hand, I was like, "Does this mean that the odds of meeting him have gone up?" True. Yeah, we've met people at the Imperial. But uh, ne- never really the Commodore, right? Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Except the guy who opened for Yesair. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, he was an opening act, but yeah. Uh, hush, hush. Hush, hush. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a strange guy that was. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a few good choices for G. We'll have to uh, get back to you on what that is. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, if you have any suggestions, uh, like if you've just listened to this just as it was released, it's very possible Doug and I are still musing as to what to do. Send us a recommendation <clears throat> or conversely, send us your thoughts on First Aid Kit or any of the bands that we have covered or that you think we should cover. The best way to do that is our uh, is our Facebook page, I think, Music A to Z Podcast. And you can join the conversation there and check out... Uh, Check out that Childish Gambino video I was talking about if you haven't seen it already. And, and yeah, if you're not one of the millions and millions of yeah. people who's watched it. Or at least give your impressions on it. Because I did ask and no one's responded yet. I said, what are your thoughts on it? Because there's a lot there's a lot going on in there. But also check out our website, musicatezpodcast.com. You can see our show notes there. You can you can search through our entire episode listing or even search by genre if you if you like. There's also a Twitter account at musicazpodcast. At Music AZ Podcast, uh, I will be, probably be live tweeting our the Washed Out concert in a desperate attempt to get Washed Out fans to follow us. <laughs> uh, but you can also find us on iTunes in the podcast section. Please rate and review us because it goes a long way for to advertising this podcast to other people who are interested in this type of discussion. And yeah, and you should check out our Washed Out episode. W is for Washed Out. I think that was a couple a couple alf- alphabet runs ago. I think so. And uh, you can follow me on Facebook, Doug J.C. Ferguson, at Twitter, at Doug J.C. Ferguson, on Instagram, Doug J.C. Ferguson. Anywhere there is a Doug J.C. Ferguson, it's probably me. And, uh, of course, on YouTube, please check out my it's movie reviews and uh, video game reviews and all that kind of fun stuff on YouTube. Moving underscore pictures, and that's pictures with a K instead of a C. And we... Be careful, YouTube will try to autocorrect it. 
So yeah, don't you, let it push you do they show results for moving pictures of the cave and the links in there. Yeah, and if you get confused, if it won't let you go there, look up Beast Wars Wednesday. We're actually starting to pick up a, a pretty nice Transformers following. So, if you're wondering why are these guys releasing podcasts more regularly, that that is basically why. Uh, like like uh, Doug said, he's got this Beast Wars Wednesday thing and his movie reviews. I've got Cyberman and Son, which is actually going to be wrapping up very shortly. Oh yeah, you're almost done. Uh, yeah, we got two more episodes to go, and you'll see some of the other stuff that we have been doing. Poor dear neglected listener. Anything else, Captain? We're just cool. going to keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. That's how I'm going to play this out, play this out <laughs> with. I'm going to close this out by saying Music A to Z podcast is hosted by Stephen and Doug Ferguson and is produced by me, Stephen Ferguson. You should check out our other works at DougJCFerguson.com and StephenGCFerguson.ca. I try to keep on keeping on. I try to keep on keeping on.